0: Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Joining me again in the studio here, I'm happy to have Libby Montgomery for part two of my weekly interview with her. Libby, good to have you back.
1: Thank you. Nice to be back.
0: In our previous episode together, Libby shared. Her story. At least she started sharing her story. She, I think, she shared most of her story of her walk with Christ, how she came to know Him, and we're working our way toward really picking up where we originally began. If you listen to the last episode, she shared about how she's involved in a mentoring ministry called Sheep Shed for a couple of decades now. Uh, some would call it a counseling ministry. Others would maybe call it a biblical guidance ministry or Christian counseling or biblical counseling or soul care all kinds of labels in this whole field of one-on-one. I do like the term soul care. I don't know what you think about that, but it's God's soul care. And I do love the idea of mentoring. So again, you want to just quickly summarize what it is you do through the week as you meet with people one-on-one.
1: Yes. Uh, In summary, I just join God where he's at work in people's lives. I show up, I invite him to be the counselor, and I ask Whoever I'm meeting with, what is God doing in your life? What is He showing you? And that's where we begin. And um, if they don't know Him, I can ask, what is love doing in your life? Or sometimes I will ask, uh, fruit to root. What's going on in your life that brought you here? And um, what's the fruit in your life showing? It's only a matter of me inviting love to talk, peace to talk, because love is a person, peace is a person, truth is a person. And so even, I don't have to use the words, the Holy Spirit, I just, um, what would love tell you? What does love want you to know? And love speaks. Uh, I just join love where he's at work in people's lives because God is love, and he wants to speak. He, He wants to be the counselor. Uh, to the people I meet with, and um, he's always ready for work. He he doesn't take a day off. He, he's never a no-show. I invite, and he always comes, and he's never failed. I know when I first started, um, God put people in my life, and he would just say, I want you to pray with them. I wasn't involved with the ministry. I, I was receiving ministry. I was meeting with my two mentors at that time and they were praying with me and God began to bring people into my life and he would say, I want you to pray with them. And so I would say, do you want to come over for a cup of coffee? And I just started praying with people in my living room or praying with them at coffee shops. And that's how I fell in to uh, the call I answered. And it's just how I became a mentoring minister was because P- God was putting the people in my life, and uh, I was just sh- showing up, joining Him. Where and that's clearly what I'm still doing. Yeah. And um, I love what I do, and I do what I love because I I just get to ride shotgun, and uh, He's doing the driving, He's doing the heavy lifting, and I'm just alone for the ride.
0: To borrow from a country tune, it's been around for a couple decades. Jesus took the wheel and you are yeah. just sitting shotgun, let the Holy Spirit lead. <laughs> well,
1: there's another country song, I'm riding shotgun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's
0: plenty of country songs we could probably think about if, if, we, if we could, as we think about your testimony. You yes. came to faith in Christ, at eight years old. You shared with us in the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, last weekly interview we had, uh, raised in South Georgia in a Christian home, heard the gospel growing up, became a believer, and then tried to live that perfect Christian life, and tried, and tried, and tried, and through your despair of being unable to do that, you ended up going down some pathways of falling the ways of the world, in your college years especially, and became addicted to alcohol. Took that into your marriage, and in your parenting, and into your driving, which resulted in a third DUI that put you in a jail where you cried out to the Lord. Dad. And the Lord heard your cry.
1: Yes, he did. Hallelujah.
0: And extended his love through your husband to you, mm-hmm. through your parents and others, and you experienced his grace, and he delivered you. He did. From alcohol addiction.
1: Absolute, complete.
0: Praise the Lord wow. for that. And then you shared with us how, though you've got super busy in church, now I'm going to be that super Christian, and so you're striving again, but under the surface there's this rage. Yeah and you you couldn't conquer that. Uh,
1: absolutely, I, and had no equippings of how to uh, try hard to do better. Um, I was going back into that. Um, now what I've come to understand is called religion, mm-hmm. and um, Jesus didn't come to bring a new religion. He came to bring a relationship, mm-hmm. and I had a relationship, but it was... Um, I had made him, uh, my savior. I think now I've come to understand I needed to make him Lord Mm -hmm. and fully surrender all of my life to him. And I think there are areas in our life that we are still in bondage and where we're stuck. One of the books I use for mentoring uses a great illustration of a honeycomb, the honeycomb being that there are Dark places still in, you know, when we first come to faith in Christ, we think we're honey jars and that we should have no dark places because Jesus came in and filled us up with honey, and he does. Uh, That is what he's done is justification. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's still areas where we have old areas and mindsets that are still in bondage. Those dark places in our honeycomb don't have honey, don't have the truth setting us free in those areas, we still are in bondage to them, still to old mindsets. And of course, the Lord has shown me through having received ministry and showing me those dark areas in my life were places I was deceived
2: Mm -hmm.
1: into believing God could not forgive me of my sins because I had made willful choices. And that is the earmark of the enemy, the accuser. And he he was directly attacking me in my mind. Uh, It was not the God's word. It was not the truth. But if you believe a lie, it is your truth. And uh, I was believing the lies of the world and the lies of the enemy and bought into those that I was unforgivable because I couldn't get it right. Uh, I couldn't be good. So I couldn't try hard to be good.
0: This underlying rage was attached to an underlying shame,
1: shame and unforgiveness. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. You knew he'd forgiven you intellectually, but there was this heart issue of, I still can't let myself off the hook.
1: Yeah, but I did. I don't think A lot I of knew. I didn't know. With this, don't they? Yes, yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know. You and didn't I think know we that. do. I didn't yeah. know that until he. It was revealed. It was
0: a revelation to you.
1: To me. Mm -hmm. I I think I would have told you I knew that God sent Jesus to die for my sins and the sins of the world, and I had a head knowledge of that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But my experience in my own narrative was then I should be able to get it right, because that was the child trying to get it right, Mm -hmm. to be a good girl. And I couldn't be a good girl. My, my parents would want me to be a good girl. Even I wanted to be a good girl. But I just couldn't be a good girl. I could try really hard. And, and then I wasn't good.
0: So the breakthrough for you was at a conference you heard a speaker and she paused in the middle. And I don't want to, you know, our guests have listened to the episode before. I don't want to rehash no. it all. But, but in summation, she said, someone here needs inner healing. And mm-hmm. you knew it was you.
1: I did. I heard in my head, it's you.
0: And then you had a dream. It was more of a truly a vision encounter with the Lord, Mm -hmm. where He revealed to you, "I've let you off the hook. I've forgiven you because of Christ. You got to let yourself off the hook. You got to forgive yourself." And Uh gave you gave you a kind of a replay of much of your life, big events, right?
1: Uh, Many events, Uh, small and large, significant and what I would have considered insignificant, but it was it was a revelation of all the areas in my life where I had held myself in unforgiveness because I had made a willful choice to sin. And so I believed, since I willfully chose to sin, making those decisions, that God couldn't forgive me Mm. of the willful choice to sin. And
0: You knew knew justification. You knew the doctrine of justification. You knew you had your ticket to heaven, but there was this an inability to release the guilt and shame and all that came with that.
1: It it was the freedom Mm -hmm. to, to, I needed to know where the bondage was. And I think it was for, for many would say it's an experience with the living presence Mm -hmm. that sets us free. Mm -hmm. We can know in our head we're free, but we still feel like we're in bondage. We still experience the fruit of being in bondage, bad fruit in our lives, but we don't know how to get to the roots of the bad fruit in our lives. And I think that is what I'm sold out. I'm, everything that I, uh, I live and breathe and have my being is is to help others begin to look at the fruit in their lives that they've been trying to cut off and hide or manage and, and um Spray some perfume on it so it smells good or um we cover all with recognize activity it. in the church yeah. cover with good works cover with I think with we all fact. recognize bad fruit. Um and we've tried all tried. We've strived really hard to be good and to stop doing the bad things. And we need Jesus mm. to show us the bad roots because he knows every moment of our very life, like he showed me my entire life in front of me. He, he, he showed me my life and knows everything about my life. There's nothing he's missed. There's nothing in my life he's not intimately aware of. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know is that I could f- forgive myself. I mean, I, under, I understood conceptually self-forgiveness, and I probably would have told someone like you, mm-hmm. would you like to forgive yourself? Have you asked God to forgive you? Yes, I have. And have you forgiven yourself? And I think it was not until the revelation was made that I realized all of this self-hatred, self-condemnation, the narrative. Um, Now, I wasn't one and done. Mm -hmm. The Lord began the ministry and work in me of sanctification at that point in time, um, beginning to reveal to me lots more, and inner healing, but it began, for me, a transformation process.
0: You said, yes, Lord, I, I will embrace this. I will, and, and everything changed put you changed on a pathway for that was significant for your, for your sanctification. Correct. Mm-hmm. So was this encounter that you had in this dream, this yes, was it congruent with your introduction to sheepshed ministry and you receiving ministry there, or was it a few years before that?
1: It was a few years before sheep, the inception of Sheepshed. Um, the director of Sheepshed, who I've mentioned mm-hmm. in the previous podcast, um, my mentoring good friend, Rose Boone, is the director of Sheepshed Mentoring Ministry. I found her and began being mentored by her and uh, just meeting. And we would show, I would show up in her office and she would pray with me to receive inner healing or the progressive sanctification, as we've talked about. And we would just have no agenda, just show up and mm-hmm. join God where he's at work. And that's been the ministry that I received. So it's been the ministry I've been able to give away. Uh, we can't give away something that we don't have. And so that's how I received um, God's work in my life. And so I've been able to, to pay it forward.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what I love about just joining God where he's at work. Uh, uh, God joined my mentor rose and my other mentor barb who all three of us have been in ministry together for 25 years um and on this journey together and we still meet regularly with one another to pray for god to to show up in our own lives so we can stay connected with each other as well as what god is wanting to show us in our lives
0: Mm -hmm. in my experience as a pastor so many christians have a similar testimony to yours in that they come to recognition of their sin they hear of the gospel that Jesus is the answer. They hear of the crucifixion, and resurrection, that they're in his life. So they repent of their sin, and they place their faith in him for salvation, and they're saved. They're born again. But a couple of things out of your testimony I think is very common to a lot of believers, and that is that period of life where they strive to be a good Christian, and they haven't learned yet. They're striving in the, their own strength and kind of in the flesh.
1: Actually, so our, our will. we believe our willpower has power yeah. uh, to overcome sin. And I think that's, that's really something that I was not taught. Uh, I've, I think it's not a teaching we hear often that our willpower is impotent in the spirit realm mm-hmm. to overcome sin. Um, we, we can't manage our sin. We, we can't tame our sin.
0: It's fascinating with how long it took me, even though I would read Galatians, and I, and I knew it says, the works of the flesh are, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and there's a difference between a human work of the will versus Correct. the fruit of the Spirit's presence and well, work in your in, life.
1: It's certainly what you read in Paul uh, when he's saying in Romans 7, what I will to do. Yeah, And there it is. It's right in front yeah. of us. It's been there all along, what I will to do. And that he's telling us, and he's a Christian, he's a believer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's writing uh this book to the Romans, telling them that our will has no power. Mm-hmm. And our our it does God has given us a free will to choose. We can choose to pray mm-hmm. or to not pray. But prayer is the brakes that we need on the car. We need a superpower, we can stick our foot out the car and try to stop it. That's our willpower, trying to, sh- to stop it in our own might, to stop the forward motion of our sin, or we can use a superpower, the brake systems that were created for the car to mm-hmm. stop the forward motion. But we need him in to do for us, yeah. spiritually, what we've been trying to stop with our will.
0: And this is what Paul's saying there in Galatians 3, that you know you're foolish if you think that the work that was begun in the spirit can be continued in the will yeah. or the flesh. It's, it's a spirit work from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It's the presence of God at work to save me when I became a Christian. It's, it's the presence of God at work in my life to save me in the sanctification process. And so a whole lot of, now correct me if I'm wrong, from what I've seen of your ministry and what I've experienced myself, a whole lot of what sheepshed ministry is about is helping people to encounter the presence so that the presence of Christ, God, correct. the Holy Spirit, can do this work
1: well. I think the people, um, just like I didn't know what I didn't know, mm-hmm. I didn't know him, I just didn't know how to invite him mm-hmm. to show me what he wants. He's willing and ready to show me what the bad fruit in my life was rooted in. Because you, you, you can pull up all the roots in your forest, and that's usually what happens in counseling. You, you unpack your entire story, and then is this it? Is this it? Could this be the root? The amazing supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, he's, he knows all things. Mm-hmm. And he's all-knowing, and he's been in all things all of our lives. And so he knows exactly how to take us to directly to the source the origin of where our mindsets began to build in our woundedness. It wasn't, it wasn't the things that were done to us, and I'm not minimizing things done to us, but it, our sinful responses to what was done to us is what holds us in bondage. And so to be freed from what holds us in bondage, we, we need him to do.
2: Just
0: only the Spirit can do that.
1: Only he can rescue us from ourselves. And we have to we can invite him to do that. He's willing to
0: So often I think as believers we're taught and we believe that if we will just read the Bible and study it and get all this information in our head that will renew our minds so that then we can now activate our wills to live it out. And of course I found out that's not true in my own Christian experience. I also found out that person like me, who's heavily on the intellectual side and a little bit suspicious of the feelings side, has found that a lot of my growth and sanctification has been my willingness to open up that other part of me, besides just my intellect, to just get the doctrine in. <laughs> you tracking with me?
1: Oh, I think you'd be in great company. <laughs> we, we've all been in our heads. Yeah. Trying I mean, to figure it out.
0: Yeah, and that, that's, that's for me, I'd figure out what I got to do, figure out the Christian life, get enough, yeah. the right doctrine. If I believe the right things, if I study hard enough, if I read the read the right theologians, I have the right systematic theology, well, then I'm going to be a good Christian because I believe the right things. And I'm neglecting this entire thing about my soul and my spirit and how it's been impacted by sin and by trauma in my life and and hurtful things that I've done or others have done to me, et cetera, that is impacting a whole lot of my sin and my behavior and my sanctification being slowed or whatever. And for lack of a better term, uh, the an openness to say, I'm a holistic being and Jesus loves me, body, mind, soul, and spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to come into my feelings, into my emotions. He wants to touch all these areas of my life.
1: And, and, and he knows how we're wired. He knows, he knows our feelings. He knows our thoughts. There's nothing hidden that mm-hmm. he doesn't know about. And he, his kindness... His kindness leads us into those areas. You know, the one thing that the Lord never does is re-traumatize us mm-hmm. or, or or frighten us. Uh, his kindness, his goodness um, leads us into areas to, because he knows right when we're at the right moment in our life that we're ready to receive the truth. And then the truth, the person, sets us free. And then we're free. Indeed. Free indeed.
0: And I love that. that. I guess that's probably what I'm trying to say, and you said it so much simpler and, and better. And that is, for myself, a lot of my background, the truth will set me free. I'm hearing, if I believe the right doctrines, it'll set me free. And what I need to do is I need to encounter the living Christ.
1: Uh, and that's how we all come to faith in Christ, yeah. is we have an experience, not a head knowledge. We can know about Jesus but until we have a experience with a living presence. We're not
0: tossing orthodoxy to the side either.
1: No, absolutely not Not at all.
0: It's just the fullness and the reality. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Libby it has been fantastic. Thank you for coming on sound of truth.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: If people want to contact you or there are people interested in, in your ministry or, or referring people or, or finding out more for themselves, if they would like to meet with you sometime or something.
1: I meet with individuals. I meet with couples. I also, um, facilitate, uh, small groups, larger groups do um, speaking engagements, uh, encounters, women's events, uh, as I've spoken here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to uh, schedule an appointment, go online at sheepshed.org.
0: Great. That's S-H-E-E-P-S-H-E-D.org. Sheepshed.org. Fantastic. It'll be great to have you on Sound of Truth.
1: Thank you for having me. It's, it's been fun. It's been a great fun. time.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amarani, 2023.